0: Hello, everyone. It is I, Dane Curley, and this is me clicking record. Mm, yes. I had this brilliant idea for an episode that would be a little experimental, and, you know, I might have sacrificed a little bit of quality, sound recording quality to pull this off, but I I just thought it was a good idea to go on, like, a roaming podcast and do the podcast while I was going for a walk, because I do so much of my best thinking when I'm going for a walk, and I just did a little thought experiment, and I was like, you know, it wouldn't be that weird, other than the loss of audio fidelity, because I'd be recording into, like, my earbud microphone, you know, like, um, I have a better pair, I just bought a better pair of earbuds, it's not like the Apple ones, so they're a little bit higher quality, cost a little bit more money, but I just, they still don't really, the microphone there is junk, it's a lapel mic that's bouncing all around and picking up all the wind, and you know what I'm talking about, because you've been on phone calls before, Uh, but, you know, other than that, I feel like people would just think I was a guy who was talking on the phone, you know, there wouldn't be anything weird about it, but I, originally, when I thought of the idea, I thought it was way more profound than it really was, and that, like, you know, I would get into all these hijinks and shenanigans and encounters with people in the outside world, but... I think that only happens if there's a camera in your face because that sort of like breaks reality to have like a person walking around talking and a camera following that person around and trying to actively like a second human being trying being quiet and trying to capture what that other person is saying and doing. And when you're just talking into a podcast into your lapel, uh yeah, I don't think it has the same sort of effect on people no matter what profound ideas you're saying unless you're saying something that's radical or polarizing and then you'll find and I have found that people want to join your conversation and and you know, may, maybe you've had this experience. This is certainly my personality where I used to especially pre-COVID and especially when I was living in New Jersey, I would love to go to coffee shops and cafes and just kind of putz around and sit around and think, and, you know, do homework, or, you know, do work work, or whatever I, whatever stage of life I was in, uh, I would try to do as much out in public as I could, and, you know, uh, sometimes I would hear somebody, you know, can't help but eavesdrop, you're not trying to be rude, you just can't help but eavesdrop, you have ears, and if you're not blasting music in your headphones to, you know, uh, exodus from the outside world and the surrounding reality that you're a part of you can't help but listen to other people especially when they're talking all sorts of crazy shit and especially when they're talking about things that interest you or subject matters you've been researching and so on and so forth this is just normal human behavior right right um so right right why did i say that why did i say right right like as if i'm fuck what the fuck who am i why do i talk in these stupid ways anyway and uh you know you participate with other people but You know, I don't want to go around talking about some highly contested subject deliberately to draw out people from their privacy and into my realm of discussion and podcasting. So I don't want to do anything forced like that. I kind of just wanted to go for a walk and do the podcast while walking and see, you know, if there was anything to that. But I think if nothing exciting happens beyond the podcast itself, then it's just going to be the same thing poorly produced, right? So if you're with me on that, then definitely don't write me on Instagram to tell me, no, that's a great idea. All sorts of hijinks can happen. You really should do the roaming podcast. And, and, um, if you, if you do feel that way, (laughs) then do do that. Do reach me on Instagram at Dane Curley to do that. And if you really feel a certain way and you just want to have maximum control over me, then there's only one place for you, my friend. And that is Patreon. Holy moly, I didn't do the Patreon ad last episode. But this episode, we're getting it done early. Folks, it's patreon.com slash Dane Curly. Donate any amount today. Uh, yeah, donate any amount, and uh, it can be on any timeline. You don't have to recur your donation. You don't have to do a monthly thing. You could send a little something my way, say thank you for making the podcast, and you can get the fuck out of down, all right? You can get out of Dodge, and uh, I won't come shooting you in the kneecaps looking for more money, I promise. So, um, with that out of the way, uh, a lot of stuff going on, besides ruminating about podcasting while walking, which is probably not interesting at all, and we've just burned five minutes of the podcast on it, so I apologize. I don't really apologize. I I think you're you're a smart lot, you know, you've gotten yourselves into, you can keep up. Uh, But yeah, you know, this big news story, of course, right now is uh, Salman Rushdie got stabbed multiple times, including in the neck, and... I'm not going to be journalistic about this story. I'm not going to tell you all the details, who did it, why they did it, and all that, what the guy's name was. I don't even know. Uh, But I do know about the fatwa that, you know, religious authorities of a certain religion—it was uh, Islam—they, you know, uh, but it's only a certain sect of the religion. So, you know, you do have to be a little bit respectful. Obviously, it's not all Muslims. But you know, if you, if you listen to Sam Harris and Bill Maher, and God rest his soul, that's that's a joke saying God rest his soul. Christopher Hitchens, then you know they, these are people who believe that re- the religion in its entirety is bad, and it fosters this stuff, and uh, and and it's a you know it's a symptom that the religion has to deal with, and of course they would also say that there are plenty of symptoms of the other big religions and that they need to deal with them as well. So they're not being selective, but gosh, you know, the fact that a government of the world, in this case, Iran, for a time, for a long time, I think it was a decade. Again, I'm not going to be journalistic here. Don't expect it. Don't look for it. Be happy with the Dane you got. I, um, you know, it's interesting that a government would support murdering a private citizen of another country because they disrespected their religious ideas. That is the most anti-American thing that probably can be done by an adversary, right? This isn't condemning a government. This isn't condemning uh, a voting public. This is condemning an individual because of the right to free speech, which our government affords them. And don't get it twisted, our speech truly isn't that free. There's all sorts of rigmarole associated with free speech and all sorts of societal conventions that behold us to certain ideals and certain ways of speaking, uh, that whereas if we deviate from them or go too far antagonistic to those conventions and ideals, we would be outcasts, we would be pariahs. We would be ostracized by whether it be our families, our friend groups, all sorts of forces like this, keeping a a leash on our speech. But insofar as our government is concerned, comparatively with other governments, we are pretty fucking solidly free in the speech department, comparatively speaking. And so the fact that there's another country and indeed another religion out there with these rules on speech governing what you can say and what you can write about, um, and that they would take it to the point where they would say, okay, we get that you're a different country. We get that you're a different nation and culture. We, we get that you have a, operate by a different set of rules in your own country. But you can do something even over there even in the safety of another world, of another culture, that will piss us off so much, that will disagree with so much, that will try to incentivize our citizens and people who are not our citizens but who just share certain pieces of our viewpoint, these people all around the world, we're going to try to get them to kill you in your other country. That's basically my understanding of the fatwa, my very juvenile understanding perhaps, but it's, you know, when you put it in words like this, it kind of shows you the gravity of the situation and why many in the American government, you know, they want to frame Iran as uh, as sort of this, you know, modern axis of evil state because these ideas are antithetical to... Obviously, to a free and fair democracy, which they do not have, they have a theocracy, which is literally found on religion. And if you, you know, if their um, politicians go too far out of those norms of their religious norms, they're they're not going to make it very far. And in fact, you know, they could be uh, villainized in such the same way that uh, Salman Rushdie had been villainized by them, although he was not an Iranian, right? So yeah, it's, um, it's insane. It's this fatwa is many, many, many years. Um, it's been there. And I, I think uh, I dare say with respect that Salman got a little lax. He relaxed a little bit. You know, there was a time where he was living in protection and that was his way of life for a long time. It's very serious. Very serious way of life and living in protection under government supervision, super, supervising his um, you know state of welfare, not supervising his behavior. Right, um, and he you know wasn't getting assassination attempts on him for a while, and thought he could start living a normal life, and went and did some normal things that normal authors do, like give speeches f- for. Groups uh, and within groups on stages that don't have police, you know, guards, and didn't have a police escort. And there, you know, there was a security guard like these functions tend to have, but it wasn't like uh, you're someone who there's a fatwa against you. We need to protect you uh, extra type of security. It was very lax. And and you know, I see a lot of people in the news blaming the venue, blaming the organization. But you got to think, you know, Solomon has a free choice as to what sorts of functions he attends and, you know, doing the local and this isn't what it was exactly. But, you know, doing the local Barnes and Noble book signing um, with just the protection that <laughs> the Barnes and Noble provides, you know, that has a certain risk to it. If you're Salmon Rushdie and wrote a book called The Satanic Verses and there's a ton of fucking people out to kill you, a ton of people out to kill you. So, gosh, I recognize that the character of this discussion is not as comical as as most episodes of Me Clicking Record, but many episodes do go down this serious route and have a serious discussion because, you know what? Turns out, people who like comedy tend to be smarter people than the rest of society gives them credit for. And in fact, I heard a little clip of Sylvester Stallone's recalling a quote that he heard, which I, I don't, I'm not familiar with, but apparently people, this is the quote, people think that the world is a comedy, but other people feel that the world is a tragedy. So isn't that interesting? But if you think about it, it's a comedy. If you put your intellectual prowess into the calculus there, it tends to result itself in, in Stallone's words, a sick joke. sick joke, man. And it's funny because he writes dramas and action movies and not comedies, and he's not very funny. Um, so it's funny that he he's he's in on that. You know, it's kind of. Yeah, you know, he doesn't. I guess he has quite a bit of comic relief in his movies, but most of his movies, especially when he was in his prime, his creative prime being a powerhouse that was writing all the Rocky movies and First Blood and and the sequels to Rambo that were serious commentaries on war Uh, and on the treatment of veterans and on the treatment of homeless people. Man, if you haven't seen First Blood or you think it's just some bullshit action movie, you you are sorely mistaken. If you haven't seen Rocky the original and you are under the impression that it's just some bullshit boxing movie, you are also sorely mistaken. Those two films in particular are I mean you can hold them up against any other drama. they're excellent movies and they're intellectually uh, written and performed and he you know he did it in his own way they, they they didn't want him to star in the movie they wanted to hire out, get somebody who was a known face and uh, he, he he kept his creative rights both to uh, act out what he had written in the way he had wanted it exactly to be acted out and believed in himself that he could do it. So I don't know why I'm going into all this Stallone worship. Oh, Dan Crowley, thank you so much for going into all this Stallone worship. That is the most insulting Stallone impression anyone can do. has no Stallone in there. It's just like, uh, it's just like, a bad impression of a guy who's been punched in the face too many times is really what that impression is. Oh, hey damn, man. He's a great guy, man. And uh, I really want to be letting like, you know, this is not what Stallone sounds like, okay? Um, very rude. Very rude host of the show here doing a very rude thing to a very brilliant man who he was attempting to compliment and then uh, brutally... Just fucking did did nothing for the guy with that in, with that horrible impression. So I apologize. I got to work on my Stallone. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know how he got from Salman Rushdie not you know not evading the fatwa after all these years and getting lax to Stallone. Uh, but here we go back to Salman Rushdie because there was the whole fucking. I mean, he was he was seeing perhaps too much of the comedy in the situation uh, was it the most recent or the second most recent curb your enthusiasm episode a uh, season Larry David's curb your enthusiasm that had the fatwa episode curb your enthusiasm if you don't know about this this you know also adds a lot of color to the situation curb your enthusiasm fatwa uh season 9 episode 10 this is from 2017. Uh, so I don't know why I thought that it was super recent, um, but uh, he took a lot of years off. So it could actually be the second most recent one. But is this uh, is this the one that actually had? Yeah. Yeah. F. Murray Abraham. Great actor. Uh, best known probably for his role um, in. Uh, gosh, what's that? The uh, Amadeus, where he played uh, Salieri was the name. I believe that was the name of of the, yes, Antonio Salieri, Uh, best known for that. But he's a great actor. He's been in a lot of things um, and done a lot of great work. So anyway, he played the Ayatollah, uh, who, you know, was supporting the fatwa here. Um, But it was a fatwa in this against Larry David. So Larry David's making the big joke about it. But I do believe that Salman Rushdie has a cameo. And if I YouTube it, I wonder if it'll come up. And uh, if it does, I'll tell you that, you know, you can fucking turn me off and go check it out. But Salman Rushdie Fatwa Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay, there it is. And uh, Larry gets fucking fatwa It's there. Larry meets Salman. Yes! See, now, this is re- it's really interesting. Because Larry's wearing a disguise to escape the fatwa. And Salmon, Salmon, sorry, I don't get your name good all the time, brother. Salmon, Salmon uh, is just as himself. And now, so here's this comedic situation. Larry evading a fake fatwa is all decked out in uh, disguise. Okay, he's got a wig on. He's got different glasses than he normally wears. He's got a fake mustache. And Salmon is here. And he's just kinda Salmon. He's Salmon Rushdie. He looks like himself. He's not putting on this front. So, you know, Larry says, you know, if there's anybody who could understand what I'm going through, it's you. Okay? And, you know, this whole fatwa thing. And I don't know what Salmon says next, because the fucking caption stopped loading, which is super frustrating. But um god damn it. You fucking YouTube fuck turned off the captions at the fucking point where they were needed most. This is unacceptable. I had a, such a good run here. Ah, good. I can turn them back on. I can turn them back on through YouTube. They weren't on this. guy. OK, now I want to give you a shortcut, which is that, yeah, it is all those things. It can be scary. It can be bewildering, etc. But there are things that you gain. A lot of women were attracted to you in this condition. And Larry's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a dangerous man. Aha, yes, they're very beautiful women. Because you are being fought So see, Salmon is making light of it. Now he's playing himself. And... Look, I'm not exactly Siskel and Eberting this fucking scene for you guys because it's on on silently and I have YouTube captions on it and the video I'm watching is somebody filming their television and there's no audio even though I have the audio on, okay? So, you know, uh, the point is, I think uh, Salman, total badass, legit, strong-willed, intelligent, creative powerful person, tough person to endure what he endured with the fatwa. I think maybe he got too tough for his own good. And that sucks that that's a thing that can even happen to a person based on their free speech. That's not fair. I'm not saying like he doesn't, he didn't deserve to have loosened up in his life. He certainly deserved to have loosened up and relaxed and had a normal life. He deserved that. But the reality of the situation was that it was the wrong move. He deserved it, but it could not be. We live in a fucking crazy world. We live in a fucking crazy world. And I guess this is something I'm thinking about. I mean, everybody's thinking about it. It's major news. Or, you know, maybe everybody should be thinking about it. I don't know that they are. Um, But you got to... Think about this real-world stuff, even if you're a comedian, even if you're a writer, even if you're just trying to write a story. And yeah, you want your story to have implications, and you want people to take something from it often. It is like the uh, creative work is like that often. It's not always. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes comedy can just be about making people laugh, and and it often should be. Uh, That's more liberating for the audience at times, but then at other times there's a use for a guy like Bill Maher or a guy like George Carlin to be, you know, extra political and to really communicate to people and find solidarity on a certain subject and a certain way of thinking. And that that has a use case and it's important. And, And at other times, you just want to relax. But I'm thinking about this because I got accepted into grad school. I got accepted into King's College London, which is the University of London, into a, a fairly prestigious program, a master's degree program. Of course, the PhD program is much harder to get into and much more prestigious, and it goes on for much longer and requires much more of a commitment to research, whereas this master's degree program is more of a taught uh, and experienced thing. I'm going to be getting lectured to, and I'm going to be reading materials, you know, and I and I will have to do a... Um, sort of master's thesis, a dissertation, but it's um it's not the same degree as a as a PhD uh the PhD variant of the same thing, right? But anyway, it's uh it's serious stuff. It's um, I'm I'm going to get into this program for war studies, uh history of war and diplomacy. And this is a very heady subject, a very serious subject that I won't talk about too much as I move forward through the podcast, but the point that I'm trying to make here in is that it is a feature of my life and that feature of my life at times, is interwoven with my levity and with my comedy, and I have a bit that I really have a liking to called The Language of War that I've performed quite a few times in a quite a few important stages um, of my comedy career and on, on literal stages uh, that I, in comedy clubs that are meaningful to me. And I have other war-related subject matter as well that I just, you know, it's fun to make it lighter, but it really isn't that light at the end of the day, it's a big challenge and it is a patently human problem. And insofar as I'm a human and I'm stuck being a human in this incarnation of whatever this is, this experience of living is, um, you know, there's a worthwhileness. There's a, there's a spiritual fulfillment aspect, both to making people laugh and also on the other side of the same coin, those, 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 those two masks, the drama mask and the, and the, the tragedy mask and the comedy mask, to be more accurate. You know, the other side of that coin is, wow, let's seriously deal with the problems of war. And let's seriously dive into specific wars and the horrors therein and the the horrible things that are happening therein. And then let's also uh, make light of it. But you got to do both. And I'm getting a phone call and it might be my Thai food, so I have to hit pause. Okay. It was indeed the Thai food delivery person. We are not yet at 30 minutes, but I'm I'm Fucking starving! I'm recording this at 4:30 p.m. I have not eaten yet all day. I'm not exaggerating. That's just a fa- I've just shared a fact with you. And I do intermittent fasting, so it's not as hardcore for me not to have eaten by now. But it's hard for me not to have eaten by now. I normally eat at around 1 p.m. and so I am three and a half hours past the point of being hangry, and I am very fucking hangry. And it is not making for my best podcast performance ever and uh, the thoughts are kind of racing around so I'm gonna call this a bonus episode because it wasn't um wasn't what I thought it would be it wasn't didn't doesn't feel like a normal me clicking record I don't know it's too much on my mind that's personal perhaps nah that's not it that's nothing that doesn't matter I I kind of plenty of personal thoughts and make a great podcast I don't know something about the character of this podcast just doesn't feel like it should be a numbered version and so it won't be because uh we're emotional creatures and we just do whatever we feel, right? I'm not fucking Spock from Star Trek. Peace! One, two, three. This is a podcast. Dane Noodles. This is a podcast. It's a podcast, Dane. This is a Noodles. And we like sex.